Money Rules or Money Rules. Here at Hold My Wealth, we are all about empowering financial success in our community of listeners. We hope you find today's topic both informative and helpful. Hi, and welcome back to the Hold My Wealth podcast, Money Rules, Money Rules. I'm your host, Stephen Logan, and with me, as always, is Hamish Ferguson. Hamish, thank you for coming. More than welcome. And today we have uh, Rod McLean. Thank, Thank you. you for coming with us. Oh, my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I believe our first health professional. It is our health, yeah. first health professional. Sure. There That's, we go. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Look, you know, it's December and uh, we're heading towards Christmas and we thought, you know, let's uh, pivot away from, you know, just finances and we're going to talk about a bit of health and wellness. Mm, absolutely. So, look, Rod has been a chiropractor and a kinesiologist for the last 40 years. He's passionate about health and he works with clients of all ages to develop good health plans and long-term health goals that will change the current direction that many of us and many of them may be heading and allow us to walk in a holistic health lifestyle. Rod wants to see his clients set up in health goals alongside financial goals and walk along the path to healthy financial retirement. Rod is here today to foster this idea and to introduce to us um, the idea of investing into our own health and maintaining our own bodies and getting good advice to keep and improve our health. So Rod, thank you so much for coming and spending the time with us. Thank you. So look, please tell our audience, some people may not be aware, what is a chiropractor and a kinesiologist? What do you actually do? So chiropractic is, uh, I guess it's been around for about more than 100 years, but, but chiropractic is a way of, of getting your spine to work uh, work well and uh, to just to maintain the connection between your body and your brain, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so chiropractors generally crack people's backs and they're good at that, they're trained in that. But there's actually more than 200 different types of chiropractic, mm-hmm. so it can vary just enormously. And there's probably half a dozen so-called soft or low-force techniques um, that don't involve back cracking, and I'm one of them. I haven't cracked anyone's back for 40 years. I use an activator, which I haven't brought with me to show you, <laughs> uh, which gives an impulse that's about 300 times faster than you can do that by hand. And uh, so it's a, it's a very light and fast but effective way of working with people. And a bit less invasive, I would assume. Yeah, people, people, especially people who don't like being cracked, really like activators. But people just like activators, full stop. Yeah, yeah, great. And kinesiology, explain that to us. Wow. So kinesiology in science is the study of, of movement, and kinesiology in medicine is really the study of motion, as in the motion of your body. Uh, kinesiology and natural therapies is really, it's a term, it's a, a misterm because it's really a, a way of, of actually accessing um, indicators in your body, asking yes, no questions of, of, of someone's system, finding out where, is it, where to do things and when to not do things and to put some sort of order or organisation into the work. So, it's, so it's, it's a way of getting feedback. It's a feedback mechanism, really. So just to take that one step further, is there, a, I guess, a common or an easy example you can give us that sort of, um, you know, that you've had to deal with before in terms of what that feedback looks like? And, and um, yeah, I guess a very classic way, and it's not really the way I work, but, but a classic way, if, if, you had a, if someone had a strong arm and, uh, and I could run my hand down their back and if I came to a part of their back where there was a problem, their arm would just go weak and I could work out what direction made it strong and then I could use an activator to adjust them in that direction. So that's a way of, of, of getting, in, getting indicators from someone's system 
as to what it actually needs. Mm. Um, so you can really combine the kinesiology and the chiropractic into into one, you know, holistic so holistic experience. Kinesiology is like a guidance system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. There are there are actually hundreds of different kind of kinesiology systems. Mm. It's really diverse as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. And so to take us back, so forty years in the business yeah. or of of chiropractic. Mm-hmm. So kinesiology hasn't been quite forty years, or you've been doing both for a similar length of time. Probably about thirty five for kinesiology. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So fair, fair, fair while. Fair yeah. while. <laughs> So what made you get into chiropractic in the first place and what was the training like then? Was it similar to what it is today or...? Uh, so I grew up um, with a... My mother was a medical doctor, my father was an engineer and I always thought that I would do medicine. Uh, and I didn't know that natural therapies existed and I guess around the time that I would have started medicine, I became interested in natural medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I... Um, well, I took some time off between school and university but um, but I went I went to university I guess when when chiropractic became registered and mm. uh, and so I did a degree in anatomy and went to the Sydney College of Chiropractic which then became Macquarie um, and I'm sure that the things are much better taught now than they were then uh, there was a bit of a difference between university and and college um, I think that it was in some ways because it's a very hands-on. It's a, it's it's almost like a like a trade where mm. where you learn mm. you learn how to how to work with the body and there's a lot of theory, but there's there's a lot of doing that happens mm. and uh, and that's what I've been doing for for forty years. So I'm guessing there's 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 probably some I don't know if I'd say interesting stories, but engineer and doctor. Yeah. And of course, kinesiology almost I don't know. It, it feels like that engineering in the chiropractic world is almost kinesiology, right? I would say that the, the, the structure is the engineering, like mm-hmm. like, like spines and, 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 and so that, that the kind of skeletal stuff is the structure. Kinesiology is really, it's really more body-mind, mm-hmm. okay. the influence of, uh, of, of being able to access what's deep in your system and is affecting your, your whole body. And I guess that's a big interest of mine, which... Um, it's not the easiest thing to talk about. It's, mm. it, it's just, it weaves its way into what I do. And so growing up, you know, engineering tends to be quite analytical and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, being a, having a mother as a doctor as well, I'm sure there were some quite high-level conversations going on at home at times. How did you cope with that as a child? Well, I grew up in the Snow Mountains, mm-hmm. so the whole thing, that was in, in incredibly practical sort of environment. Um, there were all these people just doing all this stuff. Mm. And uh, it just it was, and everyone I went to school with went to university because I didn't realise I was basically living in a university town because everyone's father was an engineer and, right, okay. and they all had degrees. <laughs> so, so it was really unusual and it was the most cosmopolitan town in the world. So it was, mm. it was quite an interesting place to grow up in. Um, I thought it was pretty ordinary. <laughs> well, we do. We're all in our own little bubbles. Yeah, it was a bubble. Yeah. It definitely was a bubble, yeah. And a lot of that was due to, like, the hydro... The it, was the, it was the hydro, hydro scheme, scheme and things yeah. like that. Okay. Totally, yeah. It's actually probably a, a bit of a fascinating sort of part of life to look back on, you know. Oh, it's, it's very important to me, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, we always talk to people about the, their professions and, and how that's actually affected their life. So, as a chiropractor and kinesiologist, how, how has that affected you when it comes to your planning of your health and well-being, you know, into the future? Well, 
just we just live in a we we live in a world where we're really serious about things. We're quite proactive when it comes to aircraft and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to ourselves, it's it's like we close that book and we we take a different book off the shelf and we just think I'm okay, everything's okay, and and we just really have no idea about what's going on or or we think that pain is a good guide. So we mm-hmm. think the pain equals problem, and no pain equals nothing. There's mm-hmm. nothing happening, and and bodies don't really work like that. We have systems that, that should, like your, your spine's like a chain with lots of links and um, and if something happens to you, like you fall down the stairs and you don't break something, well, if you have some joints that aren't moving quite like they should afterwards, you'll never know. So mm. you, you'll just adapt and then something else will happen in your life and you'll adapt. And 40 years later, the adaptions will probably become arthritic and you'll be mm. old before your time. So I guess... Being a chiropractor, and you start to see what actually happens behind behind the scene when when people have accidents, what they experience and what you find are quite different things. Mm. And I've had a lot of accidents in my time. I've done a lot of skiing, mm. and um, and I've done a lot of work in trying to mitigate that mm. with varying degrees of success. Yeah, mm. I mean, skiing is the ultimate sport of basically saying you almost. I told you have to fall over to improve. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fall over anymore. <laughs> I don't want to fall over. My body says don't fall over. <laughs> yeah. I found that with um, you know going between skiing and snowboarding. Uh-huh. You know, like snowboarding is a, a falling over sport. Yeah. You know, like you you have to be really good not to fall over. And by the end of the day, you are just yeah so sore. If I was young, I'd probably snowboard, but if I'm, no way. No. <laughs> I'm not going near that. Yeah. And so, you know, um, when it comes to being a chiropractor and being a kinesiologist, so what are some of the misconceptions you think people have had around um, that field, you know? Well, I don't think that people have really heard of, of kinesiology much, but um, but with chiropractors, um, one of the difficulties has been that medicine has such a really negative view of chiropractic that they, they kind of try to keep them out of the loop. Sort of mm. medicine and physiotherapy were kind of um, attached to each other and, uh, and and they're really anti-chiropractic, which is just strange because this, everyone has a role to play in, in people's health or everyone has a role that they can play. Um, I need the question again. so i was just saying like um you know uh do do people come to you with misconceptions or do people talk to you with misconceptions around what what a chiropractor is people come because they're in pain yeah and and they want to they want to not be in pain Mm. and and getting people to be interested in their health is quite challenging Mm. because because they're there for the pain but they don't want to just fix that and then forget everything else they think the pain is the only game yeah um and so it's it's quite difficult to 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 get people to think about or to to actually be interested in in the idea of of the impact Mm. yeah yeah and i guess from what you're saying so it sounds like um you know chiropractic has had to really not rely on probably traditional referral paths and things like that from doctors and yeah, other bits and pieces because it's sort of felt like it's been out on its own for a lot of its history. Would that be right? Yeah, it's been quite marginalised. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think yeah. that's changing now? I think that um, the medicine is, is less negative, yes. but I think they just don't really care. Yes. Um, 
So, so I guess it, I guess it's, it's it's improved because it's not negative, mm. but um, but but not many not many uh, medicos would refer to chiropractors. Mm. Yeah, I, I must say, like if, if you talk to people, there's a lot of people that have used chiropractors, but it tends to be a friend refers you and says, "Oh, you need yeah. to go and see my you know chiropractor Rod. He's amazing. Uh, for Definitely. this reason, he helped me with with whatever yeah. more so than say a GP saying, uh, you know, you've you've torn your ligament, you know, you need to go and." Talk to, talk to Rod and go from there. Yeah, that's definitely the way it, it works. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if it's all right, I'd like to share a small story, hopefully. So, you know, when I was about 29, actually, I actually injured my back. And uh, and uh, and so, you know, the traditional path, workers' comp, you go off and see mm-hmm. a doctor and they talk about, you know, whether they want to, you know, slice you up. and, and surgery. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I still remember, and, and I think the guy, I can't remember his name now, but this is, you know, 25 years ago, he was probably one of the leading neurosurgeons um, or back surgeons in Newcastle at the time, and he said, oh, Hamish, you're not, you're not bad enough to have an operation on you. And I said, okay, well, you know, doc, what do I do? You know, because I'm still in pain, you know, physio, chiro, osteo, where do I go? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> Start with one. Work I, I remember looking at him saying, yeah. but you're, you're supposed to be mm. this, mm. this person. And he said, Hamish, all I know how to do is slice and dice. Yeah. All right, so yeah. I, I don't know. If he's asked me the difference between a physio and a chiro, I've got no idea. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad he said that yeah. because it's really that's really helpful, I think, for them to go, I don't know, as opposed to pretend that they do when they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and my brother-in-law's a physio, mm-hmm. and for a long time there, uh, this gentleman's moved away, he was a chiro, uh, or he is a chiro, but um, they were best friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to my brother-in-law at some point, saying, do you know what? John does. And he goes, no, no idea. <laughs> don't, don't tell him I don't know. This. <laughs> <Well, laughs> <I mean. laughs> so, and, but I, I actually think they were a little bit frightened to ask each other because. <laughs> See, that's, uh, I guess in my, my experience of going to say seminars with their chiropractors and physios, they just get on. Mm. I mean, they just, on a person-to-person basis, mm. they just get on. They they do the same sort of work for people. They, they're wanting to help people and. Well, you're looking at the same injury from a different angle, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So would you would you think often someone who has been to a physio may also then need to go to a chiropractor and vice versa? So a bit of chiropractor may also then need to go to a physio? Or especially if something's missing. Yeah. So if, because, I mean, someone might come to me and, and what I'm doing is covering some of the bases but not all of them mm. and maybe somebody else needs to cover them. Mm. Um, so, I mean, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. 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 And, and do you find that it's quite common for people to have come to you and 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 it's it's actually they need more than one professional? Yes, that's definitely. Yes. All right. So they might have gone to a physio and they might not realise that the physio might have fixed part of the issue but not all of the issue and then they come to you looking for some more answers and then you might have that second piece of the puzzle, yes? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. I, I, I'm, I, I know that the, the work that I do helps other people's work work better. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because, because, because some of what I do is, is, is not very common mm. and, uh, and so if I'm... If I'm dealing in areas that nobody else is, then that will help other people's work yeah. work better. Yeah. And I think if we can get health professionals to really start working in together, you know, you're going to get a much better holistic, um, you know, wellness and health for, for the for the client, aren't you? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, look, I, I was actually very interested by a conversation I had with you prior to this podcast. And, um, you know, you're talking about, because obviously we're a financial podcast and, and you know, that's our, our main 
you know, theme and, and, and drive. But one of the things that, one of the reasons why we brought you onto the show is because you sort of said to us, look, most people agree that um, setting up financial goals is important. You know, setting up yourself for retirement is important. You know, I'm 40 now, I'm going to be 65. I need to have X amount of dollars, you know, to help me in that. Uh, yet they don't tend to have the same future outlook and the same, you know, perspective when it comes to their health and their wellness. And um, and, and you said something that, that really struck me where you said, you know, um, that they find that by the time they get to retirement, the, the bounty or the you know the financial reward that they've actually created for themselves is actually not able to be utilized as well as it could be because they've actually never created a, a wellness or, or health you know goal for themselves for retirement and whether that's your 20 or whether you're 30 or 40 or 50 it's a whole idea of going okay um, finances is one area where we need to really have good um, goals and, and good strategies. But if we get to the point of retirement and you're unable to utilise it because you're so unwell, then it's, it's in a way been a little bit of a waste, hasn't it? It's neglect. Yeah. Like it's, 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 well, I mean, this sounds very harsh, but it's like ignorant neglect because mm. people, people don't know that they're, they don't know that, that, that all these aspects of the system are just disappearing. If the camera can pick this up, this is, this is what happens in life. You, mm. you peak when you're 20, 20 to 30, and then, you decline, yes. and and if if you don't think you decline, that doesn't stop you from declining. So all sorts of things are going downhill. Just saying, I have to agree, disagree. With you. I'm 50, and I'm just peaking now. Yeah, so, well, that's, that's almost certainly true. It's <laughs> <laughs> always the exception. Hamish, <laughs> peaking now, or did you did you peak at uh, you know 29? I thought I was holding it together well until about 46, 47, yeah. and then and all of a sudden, yeah, no, um, just wasn't shooting those baskets basketball as well and there's a whole range of things that started going on so but you see the thing that happens is that when you when you start actually thinking that you're getting old you you think that's beginning but it's not it's been beginning it started at 29 yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. and and then and then so if you're 50 you think oh i'm getting old but 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 between 60 and 70 there's a really big change Mm. and like i'm i'm 70 in five months time and lots of things hurt i mean it's impacting and and i do a lot of work to try to prevent that mm. so, so yes having goals and i guess the thing is to be doing things as opposed to not doing things to just be letting things slide because life is busy and uh, and if there isn't someone or something that's bringing it to your attention Mm-hmm. And I think financial stuff is the same because if you don't have, if you have a financial person who is advising you on a path, you're much more likely to follow that path than to do well mm-hmm. than if you're trying to do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, life's busy. And the earlier you start with that financial journey, the better you're going to be. It's the same for health and wellness, isn't mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. Yeah. And. I don't know if the camera can picture this, but but this is the accumulation of wealth. Yes, and this is this is when it happens in your life. It, yes, it doesn't start when you, at your peak; it starts after your peak, mm. and then it finishes probably at the age 60, 65. Mm. I mean, have you had a lot of clients come to you that are, you know sort of you know they've got their finances in order, they've got their you know their world in order for that point of view, but for their health point of view is just, just declining rapidly, and they're, and they're unable to you know really enjoy the benefits of that. Yes, so, so that, that certainly happens. Uh, an example is um, 
is a, a guy a guy I've known for a really long time who was incredibly um, incredibly good professionally and and in creating wealth, I don't know, he's maybe worth 50 or $100 million, like mm. really a lot of money. And he's always looked after, he's always looked after his, his, his body and he's an incredibly good skier and he's got Parkinson's. Mm. So if you have car accidents, if you get cancer, you, you can't really mitigate against uh, those things. But the fact that he looked after himself and then got... Parkinson's is really different to someone who, if he was overweight, if he had a terrible yes. diet, if he wasn't active in his life and he got Parkinson's, he would be really in a bad state. So so that's kind of an example of both, of someone who looked after themselves but they had a big intervention that's really life-changing and probably going to be life-ending. Mm. Um, but I have, I mean, I have all sorts of people who, like if you have money then you have, you have freedom to do a lot of things, mm. but if you're in constant pain, that's that's not great. Or if you can't play with your grandchildren because mm. you can't bend down. But, um, yeah. So look, you know, someone comes to you. I would assume most people would come to you for a specific thing, like you said, a pain. <laughs> pain. Yeah, and, and you want to take them through that process. I mean, obviously, you can help them with that pain, and that's the short-term goal. But where do you start? Like, how do you take them on that journey of going? This isn't just about your knee or your back. So, if someone comes to me because they've got a sore neck or a sore arm, one of the things I'll do is is get them to turn their head. And sometimes they're like this, that's it. I've had surfers in who were 30 who that was as far as they could turn. Like they could turn like that, but they couldn't turn that. And they, so they didn't know. They didn't know that, that their neck was actually working really, really, really poorly. So, so I, I mean, I examine people in all sorts of ways. So I, I don't just work on where they're sore. I work on, on what's happening in the balance in the whole system. And if there are anomalies that show up, then I want to show them that there are all these things that aren't working well, and that that's that that's really a red flag for what's going to happen in ten years' time, twenty years' time, thirty years' time, mm. and then they have, they have to then be interested mm. in or to take that seriously because mm. because some people just don't believe that it matters in any way, mm. uh, and some people go, wow, okay, and then they get quite. Serious. I think, I think it's a bit like um, I had a masseuse that I, that I used to go and see when I, when I had a you know, sore back and it was amazing how often the area that was in pain was not actually what was causing the problem. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I think it's a bit like that. Someone comes to you and says, oh, my shoulder's sore or my neck's sore, mm-hmm. but how often is it related to something totally different? Like that's where the pain is. Mm-hmm. But the actual mechanics of the body and the, and the spine is, is, is causing that pain to be referred f- from somewhere else. Yes, and it also might be just the tip of the iceberg because if if you put your hands on someone's shoulders, they might go, oh, that's so sore, but they didn't think it was sore. It's just that their shoulders are are so close to being locked up, but because they're not locked up, they don't know that they just think that there's nothing there, like Mm. there's no tension there. But so because people are just really unaware, and people have very strong views on on how they are, and and often the views are based on, on just the fact that that's how they think they are. Mm. So they need an umpire, they need someone outside to um, to show them a direction or, or to ask them if they want to know the things. Mm. Do you find, Rod, like, uh, I don't know if this is something that you can, you know, bring to your, the front of your brain or anything, but 
Has there been any research that you know of that's been done that sort of talks about if I look after myself right, from a chiropractic point of view or, or, you know, just a body point of view, um, you know, some basic maths about what it might save somebody in the future from, you know, future operations or anything like that? Is that oh, I'm sure there is, and I, but I don't know. I, I, I can't put my fingers on, mm. on that sort of information. Uh, but do you do you come across people where, you know, sometimes you go, okay, I'm trying to treat something now. They're in their late fifties or sixties, and and you know they're headed for, or maybe you don't, but you know, there's a risk of an operation or some significant expense or disability that's going to come off the back of that, and you go, geez, I wish you came and see me twenty years ago. Oh, certainly, yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I guess it's a bit like the question: when when's when's the best time to get financial advice, you know, mm-hmm. and that is, well, I guess when you get your first job or when you're 20, what's the, what's, what's the second best time? Well, it's right now. Mm-hmm. So so if, if someone comes in and, and, and they're kind of like the boat's leaving, <laughs> then start now um, and, and, get what it, and get what they have to work as well mm-hmm. as possible. And, and if they're having a difficulty in that area, then they're much more likely... To listen, I mean, people get quite shocked at times, and when, when, because I guess I've become quite good at unpacking just how things are for people, just what they're doing or what they're not doing, that um, that might be actually really important for them. And then, if it is important for them, then it creates a change. And have you got any favourite stories of clients? Obviously, not mentioning any names, where you sort of go, "Okay, this this particular person came to me, and, and like what you were saying, couldn't move their their their, their neck, or you know, they had limited movement, or, or something along those lines." Where you know, over a course of maybe one, two, three years, you know, that person's been able to significantly change. Oh, there, there are so many stories. <laughs> I will say I, I really like working with older people mm-hmm. because very small changes in function make a mm. big impact on the quality of their lives. Mm. And and old people, and I guess old people is kind of 70 up, but I've worked on people who are in their 90s, mm-hmm. but, but old people, when they shuffle in often, they walk out taller and they walk out faster mm. so they they just move better and they're more erect and because this is what happens to old people yeah they're um, really hunched over and, and for a whole lot of reasons mm. but but one of the big reasons is that they don't know it's happening plus they're always looking down because they don't want to fall over mm. and when they stand up they don't stand up straight because there's nothing to stand up straight for they're thinking about where they're going to go and just unpacking things like that can make a really big impact mm. in their lives, um, and also people who, who who can't move their neck because they can't move their neck because they don't move their neck, and they don't move their neck because they can't move their neck. So it's it's and that's a decreasing thing. They're mm. just shutting down, and and if you challenge those things, then then things improve. Mm. If you challenge your balance, your balance will improve. If you don't challenge your balance, then if you fall in the bathroom, it might end your life. Or totally change your life. Mm. If you don't challenge your flexibility, if you don't challenge your strength, I mean, strength just falls off people when they're in their seventies, mm. yeah. And if you challenge it, it's it still gets less, mm. but um, but it's not a, a runaway train, mm. yeah. Mm. Okay. 
And so tell me, um, you know, I would say probably the majority of our viewers or listeners are, are younger, mm-hmm. sort of in their, you know, 20s to, to 30s. Um, what's your advice to them, you know, sort of saying, Radio, if you want to create a, a health and wellness plan from now until you retire, um, how would you go about doing it? I guess there are really lots of ways you can do it. One, one would be to, to if you if you join a team, like if you joined a, uh, a team sport, so if mm-hmm. you... They touch football. If you, so um, if you're a hockey, or if you if you if you joined a team, then you have a commitment to the team, and uh, and so you're likely to actually do that for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. If you joined a gym, especially a gym that had some, some trainers in there that were, were good, then your chances of, of continuing to do that are actually quite good. Uh, if you do things like yoga, because yoga is a real flexibility thing, then you might become connected to a community that would would have the, so that there's some continuity because you have things like Christmas and then you don't go back. <laughs> um, and if people, but if people are really interested, I mean, they can go, they can go to, if they would go to a chiropractor who's interested in this sort of thing or a physio who's interested in this sort of thing or um, an exercise physio, a physiologist who's interested in these sorts of things, they can give programs. And and if someone's motivated because they've got a problem, then they'll probably go to a professional. Mm. But if they're, if they're listening to this podcast because they're, they have a financial interest, then there's just so much that they can do themselves. They, they need to do things that, that challenge their strength, that mm. challenge their flexibility, and that... Um, challenge their cardiovascular fitness. I mean, they're really basic things, but they can just disappear out of your life when you have children and commitments and work and and you start taking your kids to things. But you stop doing things. That's Well, it's like the old analogy of servicing your car, isn't it? You know, like <laughs> you can't just keep driving your car and not putting any energy or money back into it. The tyres will go bald, you know, the engine loses its oil, all well, these a, things. There's a consequence. Yes, yeah. there is. Yeah. But, but, I mean, one of the, reason, one of the reasons why people are not very good at doing these things, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, why why um, superannuation is now compulsory because that makes people do things. And so lots of things are compulsory to force people to be proactive, but, but being proactive with your body is not... Compulsory, mm-hmm. and so people. So it's really capturing people's interest or having them be. So if someone say if their parent has a really if their parent really goes down or, or if they have um, friends who have died at fifty from a heart attack, then that that, that gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people are interested then they can they can they can do things themselves that make a really big difference because mm. the difference between doing something and doing nothing is actually massive yeah so I guess you know if a tennis ball can work on a horse yeah. you know, like, she's gonna do wonders on me you know? <laughs> exactly they just put it in a nutshell <laughs> so, so people understand where you're coming from there we had the conversation uh, prior to the podcast saying that I, I knew of someone who was a um, a horse chiropractor and Rob was saying that they use tennis balls as their as their actuators yeah, to, yeah. to click them into place. Mm. So look, Rob, um, you know, is it true that uh, you know walking can't be understated? You know, if you talk to health professionals, they always say walking seems to be something that comes up a lot. You know, um, even ten minutes a day, twenty minutes a day, half an hour a day. Uh, what's your opinion in regards to that as being a just that sort of thing that you do as a regular, you know, small thing every day? 
I think that the, the effect of that on your physical health is enormous. Yeah. But on your mental health, it's also enormous. Yes. Uh, and if you walk outside, then that's a really important thing as well mm. because it's very easy to live in a, an internal environment. You mm. live at home, you get in your car, you go to an office and you're just really divorced from the world if you're going. Yeah. I think walking is also good in relation, like you mentioned with your mental health, but, mm. you know, if you're walking by yourself, great, put on a podcast or music mm. or whatever else, but walking with someone else as well actually, you know, deepens that relationship and actually keeps it going, whether it be with your partner or a friend or, or whatever else. Relationships are probably one of the most important things for well-being. Mm. Yeah, there's really lots of research that, mm. that shows that. Uh, so... Anything that helps foster relationships, like walking with 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 someone, playing in a team, mm. all of those things. Going to a gym where you you know people, um, and and have, but also just having good relationships it, in your work, mm. in, your, in your family, in your life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. If I can, I, w- I want to change tack slightly. All right. So, so we've talked a lot about health, and obviously you've mm. talked about um, that you're not far off cracking your seventieth birthday. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. and 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 so from a work point of view, you've been self-employed for mm. most of that journey. Mm. Yeah. And and I, I mean, look, we we often hear people talk about longevity and life expectancy and things like that. And so, and it sounds like you're still quite passionate about what you do. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So. I guess thinking about, you know, your career and, and what you're passionate about and then thinking about, I guess, you know, to an extent money and, and how you've managed your career, mm-hmm. you know, are there any, um, I guess, you know, philosophies or thought processes that you would, you know, want to impart to listeners as to, you know, how you've been able to manage that? What's that journey been like for you? Are there things that I could do better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there are. There are things that I could do better. Um, if I was starting again I would have a mentor mm-hmm. absolutely um, VNI wasn't around when I started but I would join BNI absolutely mm-hmm. uh, I would have I would, I would find a business partner uh, I've, I've been in solar practice for 40 years and it's a really silly thing to do mm-hmm. um, it's yeah uh, and I mean I, I need someone else who who uh, generates ideas and is walking down a common path. Mm. Um, so I guess I've, I've always been passionate about what I do and and I've never been particularly um, interested in business as such and that's not a very good position to be in if you're a business person. Yeah. Well, it's really common that people come into self-employment with a technical ability. Yes, that's right. true. So, Absolutely. And... and can underestimate, I guess, the the almost the the need to be a jack of all trades when you're mm. being self-employed, and <clears throat> and how all of all of those other fields are really sciences within themselves, aren't mm. they? Absolutely. And and just to, to pause you for a sec, so B and I, you mm. mentioned that, and some people might not know, you know, what B and I is. So, um, would you like to have a crack at um, explaining, you know, what B and I is for you, and 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 why it's made a difference? B and I is Business Networking International, but it. It's um, so there are BNI groups, and in and in a group, and there might be between twenty and forty um, professionals or or, um, or lines of business in a group. Uh, there's only one of each, so there's only one chiropractor, there's only one lawyer generally, and and the group is formed in order to support each other, and it's a referral based group, and because everybody has their own um, database of, of contacts, then everyone starts to get access to everybody else's 
contacts, and and it's really and it's really based on on trust that you that you that you get to know the other people actually quite well, and and if you trust them, you'll refer to them. Mm. But it's also this ocean of support. There, mm. there are all these people that, that you can ask, how do I do this or what did you do in this situation or... How do you come across this problem or... Totally. Yeah. Totally. How do you hire someone? How do you fire someone? Yeah. Um, I'm in trouble, you know, like, what can I do? And mm. there'll be people who will help you. So so BNI for support, especially for, for small operators, is just invaluable. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't. It, it, it's been around, I guess, for about... 30 years and probably not that long in Australia. Mm. Yeah. But I joined about 15 years ago and uh, it's been really helpful. And so you being a sole trader for 40 years and, um, you know, doing your own business and, and things like that, if you, if you, if we're looking back, um, what are some of the, the changes you would, have, you would have made to your business or what are the things you've learned over that time that you wish you had have been able to do at the beginning? I would have had a coach. I would have yeah. gone to someone and said, how do I set this up? And how do I, how do I, how do I do this from a business point of view? Yeah. Because from, from a clinical point of view, that's that's not a business point of view. Yes, and uh, and, and for me, there was I guess quite a, a mismatch because yes. because that turns helping people into making money, and so that's yes. that's that's not an easy thing for a lot of therapists, yes. especially and especially natural therapists. Often they they have um, just ideas that aren't very commercial. Mm. Um, so yes, I, w- I would I would. It's like the the artist that doesn't know how to price their work, you know, yeah. like it's that whole and, and you know, yeah, it's a, really a, like a lot of these yeah. skills are, are very, um, if they're not necessarily mathematical and they, 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 they it's it's just, it's important to recognise that, you know, people are built differently mm-hmm. and, and they have different strengths and weaknesses. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, if you go into health, um, you know, my guess is most people that go into health, you know, they go into it not because they want to make million dollars they go into because they want to help help people people, absolutely yeah Yeah. and my friend my friend who has who has parkinson's he came from a business family like they they were doing business from when he was a little boy and he Mm. just knew how to mean, he's really good at running things but he's just really good at business Mm. and he used to do business on on people that he met when <laughs> at university, you know, you, you, you could see the brain ticking as yeah, soon as he, he met somebody. He just saw opportunities, you know. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, totally different. Because yeah. one of the things, I guess, you know, we would say we're passionate about as well is that, you know, you can you can put investments in place, right, and you can manage your cash flow well, and you can be disciplined, but at the end of the day, um, actually managing your career. All right, and managing that longevity of career and doing something that is sustainable is quite important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like uh, it's great to hear you talk about the things that you would do differently, mm-hmm. but to be able to say, you know what, um, as a self-employed person, I coped for 40 years mm-hmm. and, and well, you haven't admitted it yet, you haven't gone belly up once. No. Right? So, <laughs> so that's actually, you know, high five. That's <laughs> I, 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 I have people who come in... Um, have been coming for 30 years and I have one person who's been coming to see me for 40 years. Wow. Yeah, which is right. That is really mm-hmm. wow. And, and and there are some families where there's just all these different people like just, or, or I discover that, that, that like just the roots of a tree, there are all these interconnections that I did, actually didn't realise. Um, so, I, you know, people that have, that have, you know, their children and their grandchildren. So that's really, I mean, that's really lovely. And mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like a small town type um situation that getting to know 
Oh, look, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we joke in the office about there's a particular family where there's you know, a mum and dad, right, and then there's four boys. And the dad and the four boys all have very similar voices and they're all clients, all right? right. So, and so, you know, if people will pick up the phone and they'll start talking to these, these guys and you get five minutes into it and you go, Oh, that's Bob. <laughs> the now, now I finally worked out it's Bob. Yeah. They just ring up and assume that you know who they yeah, are, and, yeah. and um, there's, there's a few networks like that. And so, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's important that when you know people are thinking about the professionals that they actually uh, are picking, that mm-hmm. it's it's you know these these careers or these businesses, you know, again, you're there to help people, and mm-hmm. it's it's not about necessarily just you know can i squeeze an extra quid out of you it's it's i I want this story of being able to look after you for 20 30 40 years Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and your children and your grandchildren and your friends and your family and look we've had other um you know small business people and and sole traders and so forth on the show before i think one of the things that that's interesting and and you all brought this up is that whole idea of recognizing what lane you're in Mm -hmm. you know you're a good practitioner Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you're a good business person definitely not it doesn't mean that you're a good marketer. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a good uh, at setting goals for yourself or, or even or achieving those. Or self-advocate, really, mm. in ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, that's right. That's right. Or being a, being an advocate of you mm. and saying, look look how good my company and, mm. and I am. Mm. And so it really is about getting the right people for the right job, isn't it? You yeah. know, and, and not feeling like you have to do it all. And I think there's a lot of sole traders and, and um, you know, small business people out there and they are doing it all. Mm. Uh, and, you yeah. know, one of my favourite sayings is you know for for every yes there is a no Mm. and if you're saying yes to doing the marketing if Mm. you're saying yes to doing the business the the finance and the and the accounting side of it if you're saying yes to doing the goal setting and the future direction planning of where the business is going then you're saying no to a lot of other things which are probably the areas that you enjoy Mm -hmm. which is the being a practitioner or whatever the reason why you Mm -hmm. got into that business so i think one of the things we try to talk to um our sole traders and our and our business people about is is that concept of actually going you know um i really should have got this you know covered Mm -hmm. 10 years ago Mm -hmm. i would be in a different position now and i'll probably be happier now Mm yeah so I guess sticking with the self-employment, if I can, so because I, I often hear, um, you know, osteos and, and physios, possibly not so much chiros, but actually I'm thinking there is an example where um, people sometimes don't understand that it's actually can be quite a taxing role on the body as well, like because you're using your hands a lot and it is actually a reasonably physical role. It isn't for me, but it is for most chiropractors right. because, because the way I work is not particularly physical. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you but, might... but some chiropractors can't can't continue because it's too hard on their bodies. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So out of those two hundred models of chiropractic, mm-hmm. was it two hundred mm-hmm. roughly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you've obviously, uh, and and as life's gone on, have you always stuck with that same sort of, uh, I guess, rhythm that's allowed you to be sustainable, or have you had to? Modify that. Well, it's time. always been that way, but I also smashed both my hands before I became a chiropractor. So, I oh, so you had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It, it, I, I probably would have just stupidly um, gone on a different course with chiropractic if, if it wasn't that 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 I, I worked when I was a student for an activator chiropractor, and it just she was an activator chiropractor and a kinesiologist, and they just fitted me. Mm. So, um, so, so that was easy. Um, but um, but if I if I had to mainly because you can see I can't bend my hand properly, mm. if I had to do that I, I would not have lasted. So for chiropractors, can they 
can they change style easily? You know, in terms of you've got a, if a philosophy like style number eighty six, yeah. Right? So, and I want to move to style number ninety four. <laughs> they, they, they might go, I can't do this anymore. I have to find something easier, and they often end up with activators. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. the adjustment is is manageable for most people right, in that profession if, if they want to go down that path. Yeah. I, well, because there are so many different ways of doing chiropractic, mm-hmm. it, the, the, one of the good things about it is that you can find something that actually really fits you. It's like going into a clothing store and finding mm-hmm. things that actually really fit. And um, so if you find something that fits you, it probably does work for you physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you end up with a problem, then... Um, then you have choices. Yeah. yeah. Look, this is a, a subject that I um, I didn't want to bring up, but I think we'd be remiss in health and wellness to not. Uh, wh- where does diet fit in? Do you think with uh, you know diets? A diet is one of the most important things, especially things that, that cause inflammation. So mm-hmm. people people have arthritic conditions. I mean, people my age generally have arthritic conditions, and I certainly do. Uh, if you if you have a a highly acidic diet or a high sugar diet, then then absolutely you're going to be in a lot more pain. Uh, people who are really overweight, then there are just all sorts of health markers that, that suffer because of that. Mm. Um, so diets, diet is really important. Diets, diets much more important than exercise when it comes to body size and things like that. Mm. Um, so. Like the biggest loser, they lose their weight because they control what they eat yeah. uh, in the program, not because they just beat them to death, yes. which they do do. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so diet's huge. Diet's really huge. Yeah. But, but but the dietary advice that I give is very small yes. in the scheme of things. Um, I, w- I would tend people to naturopaths. Yes. But that's sort of... Because that's what they do. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think that's one of the problems we've got in our society now is 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 you know, the diet fads. Uh, every year there's a new fad that someone takes on or, or, or does, you know, and, and it ends up being, um, you know, you can lose weight for a short period of time, but is it a lifestyle? You know, yeah. and and really in the end, uh, from the dietitians and from you know other health professionals that I've talked to, it's it's really about creating a um, a long term lifestyle choice that you can actually stick to. That's do you know true. what I mean? Not not about um, only eating protein or only counting carbs or only doing this or only doing that. But eating fresh food and clean and clean living is really important because because so much stuff that's in supermarkets is packaged and it's just full of non-food mm. and and it's quite easy to start having just larger and larger proportions of your diet. Like if you, if you if you make a schnitzel, there's what four or five ingredients. But mm. if you buy a schnitzel, sometimes there's twenty five or thirty ingredients in mm. it. Mm. They don't come from 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 uh, chickens. They come mm. from factories, you know, mm. and uh, and and that's actually really unhealthy. Mm. So yeah, so I think that diet's really really important. And yes, there's a lot of crap diets around. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. I like Michael Mosley. I, I think Michael Mosley is really helpful, and 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 his stuff is is very science tested. So mm. I think he's. So, a, He's a naturopath. No, he's a, he's a he's a medical doctor, uh, but he's really a broadcaster. He's been a broadcaster for about forty years. Mm. But he's come up with uh, with all sorts of different um, views. 
I guess I guess he can just mine the world because he has access to all all of these institutions where people are doing research into um, diet or exercise, and then he'll he'll get a he'll get some subjects and he'll put them through a program, and and then they'll monitor them, they'll do blood tests, or they'll do all sorts of things, and so they just show the effect that it has on people in short periods of time. Showing how doable some of these things are. Yeah. He, he's been quite good at taking people that are either um, diabetic or about to become diabetic and in a very short period of time uh, moving them back to being pre-diabetic. Yeah, he started with you know. himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was a thin man. So he was a thin, yes. he was a thin overweight person, yes. which is uh, ironic. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think um, the Fast 800 is his um, main book, isn't it? Oh, that, that's part of his library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The Fast, yeah. Fast 800 is, is one of his latest books. Yes. But uh, Intermittent Fasting was where he kind of started. Started, yes, yeah, yes, and goes from there. Yeah, yeah. So he's really good. So yes, so uh, so I recommend things like like Michael Mosley stuff to mm. people. Yeah. And, and I think the reason why Michael Mosley is good and why most people, uh, especially health clinicians, often refer to him is because he's researched. Yeah, uh, And it's about lifestyle for him. It's not about losing an immense amount of weight in a short period of time. It's about uh, how do you. Uh, keep this going for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years um, and, and make it a lifestyle rather than it being a, um, you know, a short, quick, I want to lose 10 kilos for a wedding. Definitely. It's, it's the lifestyle that, that that's the key, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the industry of chiropractic, mm-hmm. right, so obviously it's come from being the, you know, possibly the black sheep in the yeah. <laughs> in the family yeah. in the outer paddock, and 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 today it's aged a bit, and it's it's, it's gotten a bit of grey and white in there now. It's become a little bit more. It's um, more respectable, more respectable, but not particularly respectable. <laughs> I would say. And so, where do you see chiropractic sort of you know going in Australia at the moment? So, you know, like are, are they producing enough chiropractors in Australia at the moment? Is it is it a growing area? Um, how would you describe it? Um, it, it's 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 a little hard to say. There's um, it's a little hard to say because the chiropractic course in Victoria was just axed about a month ago. Wow! Yeah, so that's wow. Mm-hmm. So so there's no new intake. So the, the people who are in it will will finish, but the osteopathic course hasn't been axed, and I, I just find that really weird because mm. chiropractors have a higher profile than osteopaths. Mm. Um, I I think that there's there's so much change in the world with just with just the way we do things, the internet, and just yeah. is, so I, how how things will be in ten years, how things will be in twenty years. I actually have no idea. I really have no idea. But Australia is a little bit unique, isn't it? In the sense that if you went to Europe or I can't remember where I heard this before that that, that chiropractic looks different it's a different um it's called something different or it's part of being a gp or you know how is it in other countries is it is it similar to what is it is in australia well i guess chiropractic and osteopathy both came from america and uh and so there are hundreds of thousands of chiropractors in america uh osteopathy became really big in England and, and partly I think the royal family got interested in osteopaths and right. so they kind of gave them some sort of profile. Um, homeopathy, which is not chiropractic, that, that became really big in Germany because because Hitler was really keen on it. Right. And uh, and he elevated it and because it was kind of effective though it's it's uh, has a lot of critics, um, it, it, it attained a, a position. 
Um, I don't really know how chiropractic is is found in um, Europe. Mm, I okay. just don't know. That's right. I know I, I know that it's it's quite active in Japan. Mm. Um, and America, like you said, but America that's that's the home of it, and that's it's mm. huge there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. So I wanted to um, recap on some of the things you've said. So if we're looking at, um, you know, for our listeners, uh, a health plan or a wellness plan heading out from now to, you know, as they get older, um, some of your comments are, you know, get involved in team sports because Mm. then, you know, there's a reason to be going because you've got to support your team. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's fun. Um, And it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. And it's good for you. Um, You know, if you're going to go to the gym, then then look into whether it's worth getting a trainer mm. for a game for the same reason. Make sure you're doing it correctly, but also there's someone there that's actually waiting for you. Do you know what I mean? So or, you've got to be going they, and being accountable. They make the plan. They give you the plan that you yes. that you then follow, and maybe it gets updated every year or two. But but yes. you're not you're not going. What do I know about this? Nothing. So I'll make a plan for myself. You yes. Yeah. But, professional here. It actually shows you what to do. Yeah. And then again, same thing, yoga. You know, um, yoga's good. Again, you've got a teacher there that's actually going to be showing you what to be doing. Yeah. And then you said um, some of the things that are really important to be challenging on a regular basis is, uh, you know, your strength, Mm -hmm. uh, your flexibility, uh, and your cardiovascular system. And your balance. And your balance. Yeah. Would that that come in with with flexibility or is it, I guess it's two different things really? No, it's it's two really different things. Michael Mosley, he has a really good balance exercise, and that is that is to brush your teeth standing on one leg, ah. which is quite it's quite challenging because, like like I can stand on one leg and pretend to brush my teeth, and and I'm pretty good at standing on one leg, but if I'm brushing my teeth and standing on one leg, I'm doing two different things. Yes, and there's competition in my brain, and it's harder. Of course, young people like you would find no difficulty at all. <laughs> but so that's a, so that's a really like because if you if you brush your teeth in front of a mirror, then that's something that you habitually do, so you don't have to think about doing it. If you lock something like a balance exercise into that, then you've got a lot a program for life. Yeah, and and that's really helpful because when you start to lose your balance, then you're losing your balance. Like you've lost you've lost a lot more than you think. What um, what percentage do you think of our listeners are going to go home tonight and uh, clean their teeth on one foot? Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%, 100% without fail. <laughs> so we've got that. So challenge your strength, challenge your flexibility, challenge your cardiovascular system and challenge your balance. Mm. And then also, you know, keep in mind your diet uh, and and you can't, um, you know, understate the, the, the you know, ability that walking just... 10, 15, 20 minutes a day can actually help to someone's longevity and, and their being, overall health and wellness. Being active, having the milk at the bottom of the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Putting so some I'm things going. in high cupboards. Yeah. So, Ron, the question we'd like to ask all of our guests is um, if you were going to write a book, what would the book be about and what would the title be? Well, I have thought about writing a book, though I don't know if I will, uh, but I've actually sketched out a whole, a whole lot of pages uh, really about just the, the number of different things that I do or that I've learned uh, and wanting to be able to pass that on to others who might be interested. So particularly in chiropractic or just in general? Chiropractors or health professionals. Yes. Um, it's got to do with kinesiology as well as chiropractic. And uh, and the title of the book would be Permission to Push the Envelope. Nice. Mm. I like that. Mm. It's 
definitely a little bit more unique than 100 tips from Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Rod. 101, 101 Rodisms. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I like that. And the other question we like to ask our guests is, if you could get back and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you say to them? Well, I've kind of covered that. Find a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> Join BNI as you begin. Find a business partner. I mean, I'm really serious about that. About, about that. There's, yeah. Because it's actually been the business side has been quite painful at times. Yes. In in and the chiropractic side has been wonderful. Yes. So, yeah. That's what I. Yes. That's what I'd say to myself. Yeah. yeah. Maybe also don't don't ski so fast and and try to get as, as many injuries. Don't hit the rock and have five months off work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, look, we've really enjoyed having you and um, just thank you so much for coming along. Mm. Uh, we often talk about investments and we often talk about finances, but, you know, today, um, you know, as we head towards Christmas and the city season, to actually take a break and, and talk about investing in yourself uh, and investing in your own health and wellness, I think is, mm. is quite important. Mm. Um, you know, it, it particularly spoke to me when you when you talked about that idea of clients that have come to you who are, who are really well set up financially who have done all the things that they need to do but they haven't invested in their health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it's not saying it starts when you're 50. It's it's at 29, you know, you're at your peak and, you, and you're heading down down from there. So it's important to, you know, keep that regular uh, movement and, and, and keep that regular balance and, you know, all the different things we talked about to actually to actually doing so that when you do get to retirement, mm-hmm. you can actually have both your finances and your health in order. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. Well, look, Everyone out there, thank you so much for listening again. As always, uh, at Help My Wealth, uh, Money Rules, Money Rules, we like to talk about empowering your financial future. Today, we have talked about empowering your health future. So I hope that's been good for you, and we look forward to seeing you again next time in the new year. Thank you, and bye for now. Thanks, guys. Thank you. discussed by the Help My Wealth and the Money Rules, Money Rules podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only and is generally nature and it is not advice. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. It is aimed to provide a general understanding of each topic and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. It is strongly suggested that you seek professional advice regarding your own individual circumstances before making a financial decision. Help My Wealth and the hosts of the Money Rules and Money Rules podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. In the spirit of reconciliation, Help My Wealth and the Money Rules or Money Rules podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to past, present and emerging elders. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.